0: Hang on!
1: Cyrus! Deborah! Come on, guys! Wait up! I expected a left turn two deserts ago. I I can't believe we passed that last oasis. I'm getting thirsty. Oh, Wise guys are lost. Wise men don't get lost, Felix. So you're saying they know where this birthday party is? And what makes you so certain it's a birthday party? Oh, here we go. Have you seen the presents these guys are bringing? Gold? Myrrh? Frankincense? Could be a baby shower. You bring gifts to a baby shower. Baby shower? What is a baby going to do with frankincense, silly camel?
2: It's a birthday party. All right. That is the Star 2019 animated film. Tracy Morgan is the camel. He's one of the camels. There's three. Um, He's just great in that. I like that movie. It didn't do well. I don't hear people really like talk about it, but I love that movie and I'm going to watch it tonight or maybe later in the week.
1: Yeah. He loves the movie. He made a confession about how deeply emotionally it touched him deeply emotionally, how it touched him emotionally on a level that is no other movie has ever had. There might've been some, some weeping and some, laying in the fetal position but so okay
2: okay i vulnerably (laughs) told you that i might have shed one tear in that movie one time it was during covid it's about the birth of jesus from the animal's point of view i got emotional and then you come in here and like oh yeah he
1: laid on the floor and wept yes
2: that's not entirely true. <laughs> Maybe but not, but... Now I,
1: I know I can't tell you things. Yes, that's right. I came off the top rope for that one. We just want to welcome you here just to uh, to give you an idea of what's going on. It This actually is being recorded on Tuesday, December the 20th. Uh, you're not uh, even going to have an opportunity to hear this. We're going to release this on December the 25th. That's Sunday, sometime after the worship services are over. Uh, And then it's actually intended to be listened to on December 28th or any time before or after that. And the reason why is we're not having a Wednesday night meeting on the 28th. There is no meeting, no meal, no gathering. The doors will be locked. The lights will be off. So this is what our worship will be for the 28th, our midweek service. And so we're going to bring a podcast to you today. Is there anything else I'm missing? Nope. Nope okay so let's start off uh if this is a total colossal failure it's because it's all on me lance is the one who writes directs produces uh and stars in all of the podcasts and i'm here just uh to be the the pretty face, and that's what I do well when it comes to radio. So <laughs> the pretty face on a podcast. That, that's right. That's what I am. That's Add what that I do to best. your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I have a face for radio. Um, so uh, this. So if this fails, it's it's all on me. Um, but if there's some awkward silence, it's because he's intentionally laying out and letting me fail. He's just going to watch me. So, but today we talked about different things that we can do. I think it actually started off maybe as your idea. But we're going to talk about animals in the Bible. Animals in the Bible. There's, there's more than a couple animals in the Bible. I don't want to give any specific numbers because that may give away what we're about to do next. And I'm, I know I'm not supposed to tap on the table. I have a bad habit of that, but right now I am. Here we go. Okay, this is the, that's I our sound effect. the budget
2: for sound effects on the turkeys for the Thanksgiving one.
1: So we're out of money, so this is what we're doing. So we have our own drum roll. I am going to get to do what Lance always likes to do, which is have a quiz. And so quiz. Lance, I have 10 yes. questions regarding animals and the Bible.
2: Okay, I'm going to bring Kip in okay. as my phone-a-friend. Okay. So, so Kip is... Right here next to me. Yes. He he is on his father's team in
1: every way. Right, Kip?
2: Yeah. That
1: that side of the table just got younger, smarter, Mm -hmm. and better looking with just one scoot of a chair. There you go. So here we go. Okay. I I did start him off pretty easy. So, Kip, this one's a meatball. You should hit this one out of the park. Uh, So first one, what did James use as an example of a small thing that is controlled by a big thing I, I'll, I'll give you this is multiple choice a lion's whip a deer's rod a dog's leash or a horse's bit
0: uh the horse's bit that
1: is correct yay ding 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 okay got to make sure I, don't... I was thinking of rudder and ship but then i remember we're yeah. doing the
2: animal thing yes yeah,
1: so we are doing the animal. so all these have to do with animals okay how many foxes did samson catch uh, and set their tails on fire to destroy the corn of the Philistines. 300, 3,030, or 3?
0: Three. Is it 300?
1: 300 is correct. In fact, even before I started with the multiple choice, Kip was leaning in to give the answer, so he, he knew that one. Okay, in La- this getting a little bit harder. In Lamentations 4, verse 3, we learn that my people have been heartless like what in the desert? Kill deer, wolves, lions, or ostriches?
2: In Lamentations. In
1: Lamentations 4-3, well, we learned a- <laughs> that my people have been heartless like what in the desert? Kill deer, wolves, lions, or ostriches? Uh, I'm going to go with wolves. Kip?
0: Wolves sound right.
1: Wolves sounds exactly wrong. It's not it. And I would never have guessed this. I didn't know beforehand. Some of them will be easy. This was a tough one, though. It's ostriches. Okay. That that I, was my last guess. <laughs> it would have been mine as well. Okay. Uh, okay, here's another one. What was a priest to bring as a sin offering if he sins unintentionally? A young bull without blemish, an ostrich, three goats, or a one-year-old ram. Hmm. I do don't think,
0: think they- easy access to ostriches yeah. okay
1: so you can probably I'm gonna go with the uh, bull that would be correct a young bull without blemish but here's something that's interesting in looking this up you can go to Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 4 if if you choose to and there were different offerings that were required for different people who unintentionally sinned so as you pointed out a priest would have to sacrifice a young bull without blemish. The community, if they sinned unintentionally, they would have to, to sacrifice a young bull, uh, apparently not without blemish, or co- so it could be with blemish. If you were a leader, it would be a male goat without defect, and anybody else, they would have to sacrifice a female goat without defect. Okay. So pretty interesting. Okay, uh, how many animals in the Bible are recorded to have talked? Uh, two, three, four, or
2: eight. Okay, I know that we have Balaam, and we have the serpent, and I can't get past... If you watch the star, it's just all of them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so watch the star, people. <laughs> and it's all of them. And so you came up with two, and the correct answer would be two. Oh, nice. So there's now, you could say— I was say, worried about Revelation. Yeah, but I mean, those are like figuratively, you know, because Jesus is known as the lamb, and he does speak, but th- that was figurative. Okay. okay. Uh, in the book of Revelation, death rides on this animal. Oh, this is a little harder. A okay, dark horse. Oh, oh, yeah. A, a dark horse, a silent mule, a pale horse, or a white horse. I was,
2: I, I was going to jump in and just say horse before yeah. you gave me the options. Yeah. Pell, uh, Pell uh, Pel horse,
1: Pell horse, Pell horse is correct. Yeah. All right. Very good. Revelation. Thank since you. A.
2: Westerns for teaching me Yes, Pell rider. Yes. Yeah. That's
1: why I know that. Rider on the white horse, rider, faithful and true with justice. He judges and make horse. Oh yeah, it was the, oh yeah. White, white horse. Okay. There you go again. Okay. Uh, Number seven, which animal is not mentioned in the Bible? A cat, a bat, a partridge, or a seagull? Okay, I actually
2: found this doing research, and I know the answer, and it just solidifies why I'm a Christian. (laughs)
1: Okay. Cat. A a cat is absolutely correct. Bat, partridge, seagull, they're all in the Bible. Cat is not. So that's proof that dogs are biblical pets, and cats are not. So Are are you cat people? It's unbiblical. Ram. Okay, here we go. During the ten plagues, these animals came out of the River Nile: frogs, gnats, mites, or locusts.
0: Uh, frogs.
1: Yeah, frogs would yeah. be correct. All right, number nine. What animals were brought to the uh, to King Solomon every three years? Camels, horses, chameleons, or apes? Okay, apes gets mentioned.
0: Who brought them?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look in First Kings chapter ten, verse twenty-two. Okay, apes. I read it, but I can't. Surprisingly,
2: remember. is mentioned, but they don't think they were apes and what we think of as apes, but more monkeys that they, you know, the no. translators. But so I'm going to go with apes.
0: Yeah, that sounds- is
1: fantastic. Like, hey, I seriously, yeah, that was awesome. I'm pretty sure I would have gotten that one wrong. Yeah. So I, I did not remember that detail. Okay, so you've only missed one, maybe? Did I go nine of ten? Well, you, we have one more to go. Oh, okay. So here we go. How many different animals are listed in the Bible? About 50, about 75, about 100, or about 125? Oh, my god. This goodness. is the hardest one of them all. You yeah. smoked the apes, so.
2: Yeah, I'm—what's uh, the third one? I feel it was like— 100. Yeah, because that's like C, right? So yeah. if you don't know on a multiple choice test, and the answer is C. So I'm going to go with C. <sighs> sure.
1: This is why Lance has like this little placard hanging up in his office from his um, his studies for being like the star Can't student. Stop. Yeah, uh, C is correct. Yes. There was about 100. I had no idea. <laughs> so the the one that was a tricky one was the ostriches. I don't know that anybody would have gotten that one. So you guys did fantastic. Woo. There was about 100 of them. And like you said, like all the words that, that we use don't necessarily translate like apes or monkeys or whatever. But still, it's um, certainly uh, at least 94, but there could be a few more. So really good job. You got a 90. I mean, I was thinking if you got a 70, that was certainly passing. But, but So I get
2: exempt from the rest of the podcast. So you're doing this on your own and yeah. Kip and I get a Bell. Okay.
1: So you're <laughs> just going to punish everybody. <laughs> okay. So what we're going to do for the next little bit is we're going to talk about our favorite stories in the Bible that involve animals. And so I've uh, I've spent a lot of time talking Um, And I'm going to put Lance back on the hook. And you're going to share with us your first of three favorite animal stories in the Bible. My
2: first one is the camel. And there's not necessarily a story around it in all the nativity scenes. uh, The wise men come to the baby Jesus following the star and they're riding camels. In Ben-Hur, the novel, um, that's the way that he opens the book. And he describes these camels as being large and beautiful and I just think camels are cool. Um, of course, you couldn't tell the story of Rebecca without the camels and in and in humility, how she goes and waters the camels. And uh, so I just think camels are cool. Um, yeah. In the New Testament, they only show up as, as a teaching of Jesus about rich people and the kingdom and camels and needles and eyes. And you know that teaching. Uh, but I just think camels are cool, and I just want to own one. In <laughs> other countries, they race them and it's like a billion dollar industry or something and so i i just want to own a camel i think camels are cool and the star again i'm a paid endorser the camels like make the movie so camels that's my that's my number 1
1: okay you're if anybody is wondering what you can get lance for christmas <laughs> <already> <laughs> now you know <laughs> And no, not the movie, Uh-oh. Camels. Oh, a camel, of course. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, he he lives with what he calls a bunch of hanyak, So <laughs> if there's not enough spitting going on in the house right now, you can add a camel into the mix. We could have a camel in the backyard. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I want a
2: racing camel, though. Yeah. I don't want a cheap one. I I want a racing Yeah. Camel.
1: Just to let you know, not every camel has two humps. There yeah, are breeds of camels that are just one humper. So just and one of them spits and one of them doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I think you deserve the one that spits. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, so my first favorite uh, Bible story that involves an animal is going to be a donkey. Uh, for those of you who watched Shrek, you remember uh, one of his famous lines. He says, you may have seen a horse fly. You may have even seen a dragon fly, but I bet you ain't never seen a donkey fly. So that's a pretty uh, bad imitation. But nonetheless, uh, I want to talk about a donkey, and I know where you think we're going. You think we're immediately going to Balaam. We're not, <laughs> even though that's a good story about a different talking donkey. But this one I want to go to is the the donkey and Jesus. I can't call it Jesus' donkey because clearly we know... He didn't have one. He had to borrow one. It was like an Uber back in the
2: day. (laughs) It was. Without a driver. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so he's about to go into Jerusalem. Uh, He's going to enter into the city for the the last time. And he's going to go ask a couple of the disciples. He says, go into the village, you know, get this donkey. I want you to untie it. And if anybody says, hey, what are you doing with the donkey? You say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Our master needs this. The, The Lord needs it. And so they go and they do this. And he, he rides into town riding on a donkey, uh, and this is where Matthew twenty one is is going to quote from Zechariah. It says, "Say to a daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, uh, on a colt, the foal of a donkey." I don't know the difference between a donkey, a colt, and a foal. In fact, when I think I think when I first got here, I was like telling the story, and I think I pronounced it foul. <laughs> I'm not lying, so uh, I I do know that a foul and a foal are different things, but I can't tell you the difference between a, a cult, a foal, and a. Dog. Do you know?
2: Uh, okay, my dad is going to like kill me if I get this wrong. <laughs> oh. So I think they're a foal for or a foal a fault <laughs> I just combined the words. <laughs> I think they're a foal for a year. Yeah, but then they're a cult for a little longer. But it but 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 it's young. Yeah, it's youth. It's okay. It's, it's the little. It's ones. preteen. Yeah, adolescent. Okay. okay. Oh.
1: I love that story, uh, and and one of the reasons why I do is that is one of over three hundred different prophecies, uh, in uh, from the Old Testament concerning Jesus, uh, just just reminding people over and over again that 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 Jesus was not Plan B. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't an audible. From the very beginning, God knew that he was going to do. And so I love the story of the donkey and Jesus.
2: And the humility that comes with that is what I always kind of think about. Okay, is it? It's your turn. Yeah. Okay, so my next one is the behemoth from Job 40. And if you start around verse 15 and read through 25, he describes this almost seemingly mythological beast, it kind of starts off with Job and his friends have questioned God and suffering, and and then God says to Job, stand there and I will question you like a man. And then he fires off something like 70 rhetorical questions just to say, Job, you don't even know. Like, you don't know about snow and the earth and rain and thunder and animals. And then he describes 13 beasts that we call them the same thing as what they're called in the text. And then, and then in chapter 40 and 41, God describes beasts that it's kind of hard for us to put our finger on. And so uh, a lot of people have said that the behemoth is like a uh, hippopotamus or something like that. And I found a YouTube video, uh, and I'll try to link to it in the uh, podcast description. But basically their argument is that this is what we call the brontosaurus as kids. They're called sauropods now. Uh, they have found bones that uh, that would say that some of them were 120 feet in length. They weighed 76 tons, which is equal to 12 elephants. Uh, they would have eaten, eaten a half a ton of food per day, and that these things were just huge. And so the behemoth is my number two. The leviathan, which is in 41, which I won't go into that, but basically it's this giant... Dinosaur crocodile beast, yeah, is the Leviathan, and they feel like they found bones from that as well. And so that's my 2A and 2B.
1: Okay, so camel, you would love to see under the tree, Leviathan, behemoth, not so much.
2: Uh, in fact, the Bible says you can't approach them, yeah. that only the um creator can. That's one of the the things that God is saying to Job yeah. is like you can't get near those beasts. I can. Yeah. So it, they almost would have to be literal animals that Job knew about or God's argument kind of falls flat yeah. if he describes something from a movie. I mean, yeah. I know they don't have movies, but
1: like something that's not real. Sure. Yeah, totally makes sense. Okay, very good. Okay, so now it's my turn. I'm going to go with my second favorite and this is story and it's going to be the serpent. Lots of stories in the Bible involve serpents. Of course, the one that everyone thinks of is uh, from Genesis chapter 3. It's the fall of man, the, the the talking serpent. We talked about that earlier. That's not the story I want to talk about. So you probably think what well, must be about Moses' and Aaron's uh, Staff when they they throw it down and they pick it back up again. That, another great story kit, but that's not the story that I'm referencing. There's another awesome story in Acts 28 where Paul uh, is going to get bit by a, it's a serpent or a viper, and he shakes it off into the fire. Awesome story, but that's not it either. <laughs> the one story that I really love about serpents that's, that's in the Bible it comes from Numbers chapter 21. Verses four through nine, the Israelites are traveling um, out after they have they have uh, left Egypt uh, and they are beginning their journey, but they do what our kids and we have done and maybe still do is we got impatient along the way. So they end up speaking uh, out against God and Moses, and they said, Why'd you brought, Why have you brought us out of Egypt? We're here in the wilderness. There's no bread. There's no water. We detest this miserable food, and this miserable food that they're eating is is what it's it's manna. I mean, like they're they're like God is literally feeding them from heaven, and they're complaining about it. So God, in His graciousness and His love, sends venomous snakes uh, in into their uh, area, into their camp. It bit the people, and many many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And this, just, this really baffles me, what God says to Moses. He says, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on the pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake they lived. And I just, it's just a really weird story. And I wonder, because having come out of Egypt, there was a a high possibility that they might've worshiped something that, that looked like a snake. And so why is God saying, I want you to look at something, a a different type of God that, you know, is not me. And I I think the reason why he does that is before, before you can be healed, you have to realize um, that, that you're sick. And he wanted them to to really say, "Hey, like this is what has made you sick. It, it's it's this inability to trust me." Uh, and so he has them look at the snake. Uh, and of course, years and years later, Jesus is going to use this very story when talking to Nicodemus and says, "Hey, remember how Moses raised up the the, the snake in the the wilderness?" In the same way, the son of man must be raised up. And then he's going to say, you know, this is how God loves the world that he gave his son. And so I just, I I love that story, even though it's a little confusing to me.
2: I think there's an element of before you can really confess a sin, you have to like look at it directly and kind of like own it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's an element of that. I love how in The Chosen that in that episode where Nicodemus is kind of the climax that um there's a flashback and mm-hmm. moses is fashioning the snake and i, th- I think it's aaron is like is yeah. this a sick joke yeah like
1: like you're really doing this there's people dying of this yeah and he's like god told me to do it i'm doing it. yeah and so yeah that's a great one yeah so the, the first element is you got to recognize you're saying the second one is you just have to trust and have faith in god that whatever he says to do do and if he says you know you know, raise up a snake in the desert, then then that's what you do. Well, and like, I just think about the tongue
2: of, of the snake, that like the snake used its tongue to yeah. beguile Adam and Eve into sin. The people are using their tongue to grumble against God. Yeah. And so I actually quote that story a lot when, when yeah. I'm with my kids or yeah. youth group kids and they're kind of complaining. I'm like, God's killed people for what you're doing right now. Like literally actually killed them. Yeah. And I don't know how to work with metal. So I I can't be the one to make the snake. Yeah. Maybe somebody else here can. Yeah. But no, that's a great one. Yeah,
1: and one more thing I'll uh, mention interesting about this story is the fact that it that that bronze serpent later on is going to be a problem because they're going to start worshiping it. And, and ultimately, you know, so, so kind of focusing in on your sin um, is – that's not going to help either. That's
2: actually really good. Yeah. You can get so obsessed with defeating the sin that it takes on more power than what it should have. Yeah. That, like, you give it too much. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's good. So,
1: okay, now you get to go. This is your last one. Okay, this is my last one. Yeah, Uh,
2: This is in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 13. It's not actually an animal. It's just kind of a metaphor that Jesus is going to use. Uh, Jesus gets word that Herod wants to t- to kill him. And Jesus says, you go tell that fox that I will drive out demons and heal the people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. And so he calls Herod a fox. And the New Testament is written in Greek. And in Greek, it means a similar thing is what we would say is a fox is what? It's your turn to chime in. Don. Oh, okay. A fox is what? If we say...
1: You know, uh, they're now I can't even think of the word. I was just going to say they're foxy. They're kind of like sketchy. They're they're crafty. They're crafty. they clever. You. I couldn't they're think like of it.
2: Underhanded. Um, That's not your fault. Which is which is what
1: it means in Greek. I
2: was just trying to play. Yes. Oh, I, I know. And I was giving you a blank because I couldn't think of the word. <laughs>
1: You're like, it's your turn. To I, should have, in.
2: I should have asked Cap. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so in. In Greek, that's what it means. And so in in a lot of footnotes, um, you know, that's what it says is clever, crafty, or deceitful. In Hebrew, though, which Jesus was from a Hebrew culture, um, uh, fox can have a couple of meanings. One of them is like they're destructive. And and Kip actually brought up the story of of Samson, right, and the foxes?
0: Yeah, he said... Samson tied the foxes' tails to torches and then the foxes went and ran around the fields and burned them.
2: Yeah, which which makes a lot of sense. Another meaning though is foxes are like the analogue, they're like the counterpoint or the opposite of lions. And so lions conceptually are like kings and people of like high status, like the rabbis that are that are thought of very highly and foxes are like the pretenders; they're like yeah. the ones that are not. And so, this is actually a sick burn that Jesus does because Herod wasn't actually a Jew. He 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 uh, converted. He was seen as kind of a uh, usurping king. The Jews did not recognize him as their like royal king in like the tradition of like a David or something. And so he is. Go- so when Jesus says, "You go tell that fox," he's going after the competency of. Herod's saying, you can't really kill me. He's talking about his pedigree. He's talking about his moral standing and about his leadership. That is actually a sick burn. And we just kind of read past and think, oh, Jesus is just saying that he's kind of crafty. It's, it's a way better burn than that.
1: Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that before. But when you think about the fact that he's like, you know, you think about he would imagine himself as a lion. Yes. And the word that we would have used like in the late 80s, maybe— would have been like, he's a poser. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he thinks he's good. He thinks he knows, like people are watching him and they're like, no, you're, you're not, you're not the lion. You're, you're the fox trying to sneak in, you know, acting like you're the alpha male, but yeah, I was going to say, Jesus pretty much says he's a beta male. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a good burn. Yeah. Okay. So then we get to my last one. And the one that I, I, I want to use is kind of a little bit unusual. I want to talk just for a minute about the sparrow. Like two sparrows in a hurricane. <laughs> it's '90s trying country. to find their. Okay, we're I'm gonna get there. a
2: copyright <laughs> violation now. You we're, we're I, gonna have to pay for that.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Is that a Lori Morgan? I don't think so. Uh, I anyway. can't. It's, I don't think it is, but I, okay. I can't remember. It'll come to me in a minute. Okay, so in Matthew chapter ten, there's a couple different places that talk about the sparrow. It's it's basically kind of a very similar story. Uh, but Jesus is talking about, you know, how valuable are people? How, how, what what worth are they in the eyes of the Lord? And he says in Matthew 10, he says, you know, aren't uh, two sparrows worth one penny, right? Okay, so let me ask you this. If, Kip, if you have one penny and you get two sparrows, let's do your math. If you have two pennies, how many sparrows should you get? That would be right, except for the fact that just like here today, as it was back then, there's like a little bit of a wholesale market going on or incentive to what they call that BOGO, buy one, get one free. This one had a deal where if instead of buying just two, if you gave two pennies, instead of getting four, you would get a fifth one for free. It's like they would throw that one in. And Luke says this. Uh, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 12. He says five sparrows are worth two pennies. Well, if we know that two sparrows are worth one, basically what Jesus is saying is there's a freebie thrown in there, that it is so cheap, it is so worthless, that if you throw down two pennies, they'll give you a free one. But then he goes on to say this. He says, Uh, yet not one of them, referring to the sparrows, not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And he said, for what everybody else thinks is so worthless, it's not even worth half a penny, that they just give them for free. God says, I care for those sparrows. How much more when I care for you, and I just—I I hope that's something that resonates with all of you, and you're reminded that if God's going to care that much about a a bird, how much more will He care about you?
2: I feel like such a jerk. <laughs> Both of us use the teaching of Jesus that mentions an animal, and uh, I'm like, "Yeah, that's a sick burn," <laughs> and you're like, "God, God just loved you so much." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm a jerk I'm going to edit that out No, it's going to stay in there It's going to stay in there Okay, just super fast We're going to spend a lot of time on there But do you have any honorable mentions Animals, animal stories in the Bible Uh, Just the fact that cats are not in the Bible <laughs> Okay fact. Cats are not in the uh, Bible
2: Again, a teaching of Jesus To be as shrewd as a serpent Yes uh, And as innocent as doves Yeah I like that teaching Leviathan I kind of mentioned And Kip has one Kip, Okay, Kip What's one that you mentioned to me?
0: uh I liked the story of kings where dogs are seen as the lowest uh unclean. yeah unclean the lowest uncleanest animal possible and in kings they actually ate jezebel Jezebel once she was dead and they rid the world of one of the lowest unclean things we see today.
1: So they're like taking the trash out. (laughs) They're taking out the trash. I was about to say, Kip, I'm about to come across this table on you because I love dogs. I'm a (laughs) dog person. So when you start talking about how, you know, unclean they are, but you know, you've redeemed yourself because they did take out the trash. And dogs are good at that. Anytime I leave something on the floor, Samson, he's not a smart dog, but he does know what food is. He does what food is. Okay, so my honorable mentions are the coin-spitting fish in Matthew 17 to, to pay for the taxes. Uh, the demoniac and the herd of pigs is a great story. That's one that you've talked a little bit about. I've learned a lot about that story from you. Of course, I can't talk about animals without talking about the big fish. And the prophet who was swallowed by them—I'm not naming his name—and <laughs> then the last one I shared not too long ago was the the two mauling bears that Elisha called out of the woods because those forty kids were messing with him and his bald head. So that's pretty good. So fun stories. Okay,
2: Kip, pick one of those as a pet that we have to keep for one year.
0: The money-producing fish. Yes. <laughs>
2: there go. No more taxes. All right. Way okay. To go. Now pick one for dog that he has to keep
1: at his house. For one year.
0: Mauling bears. Oh,
1: I'm gonna bring them to church every day. <laughs> it's sick them on lance. Okay, so I guess the the last question that, that we're gonna kinda shift towards is like, what is our takeaway from this? Like, what do we get from talking about animals and uh, stories in the Bible? Okay, so I love to name things. I okay. love to name pets,
2: buildings, rooms, cars, nickname people. I think names should have like a meaning. And depth, and I think Adam that probably the if if I were him, the second best day of my life would be naming the beast. I just think that would be so cool. It shows dominion and creativity, and I just think that that would be so cool. But probably the best day of his life, I'm guessing, is when he saw
1: Eve. <laughs> but but other than that,
2: I I I just love that story. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. You know, I I think there's a lot of takeaways that we can uh, have from this. I I jokingly wrote down a few. Uh, Bob Barker always said this. Don't forget to spay and (laughs) neuter your pets. Um, What do we take away? Eat more chicken, save the lesser prairie chicken, um, become a vegan. I think one of the things I, I think we could take away from talking about animals in the Bible is that animals are God's creation. They're not a cosmic accident or an amalgamation of previous species really just God is creative. From the singing whales to the long-necked giraffes to elephants that eat basically with their nose. We call it a trunk, but I mean, it's kind of a nose. Like just that's wild and crazy and creative. Uh, He created animals that fly, swim, run, slide, and waddle, among other things. There's animals that see in the dark, walk on a hundred legs, and can smell for miles. They can sleep standing up, floating on their backs with one eye open, or hanging upside down. I mean, just... I I can't imagine like having the creative ability to to make all the animals that God made and and then place them within a a circle of a life that allows all of them you know to work together so that that His glory can be revealed through creation. I just think that's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, well said. Uh, again, just there's just kind of some comedy in some animals, <laughs> you know, like yeah. a giraffe. Like, as long as their neck is, look at those little pointy horn yeah. ear things. That Like, I don't know what those are, but whoever made that, yeah,
1: they've got me. Yeah. Because they're kind of funny looking. Yeah. And it's like, the, I mean, they have like, you know, their, what do you call it? Their coat or their fur or whatever. It's like almost camouflage. like, yeah. how do you camouflage like a 20 foot tall animal? Like, yeah. And well, with those spots, I guess if they're in the leaves, that's kind of what their bodies may look like. So anyway anything else i I have a couple more things do you have anything else that that your takeaways
2: i love nature and thinking about what god made just going out and and hiking and looking at the canyons and the trees and the animals and just just the stuff that we've seen uh we were i was laying on a hammock a couple of months ago with my family and some and some javelinas come running through there and fortunately they were the little ones and they were scared of us too Um, but, but just looking at things that you encounter in nature, it's why I love to be out there. It's just to, just to admire and to, and to think about the God that actually made it all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Your, your love for creation has slightly rubbed off on me because I've, I've got to spend a little time, you know, a few months ago I was, I was out hiking and, and I came across a really large animal. I don't, it was either like an elk or a moose i don't i really it was probably was an elk i don't know yeah you it was would probably know. an elk so but it was big enough and was and, it at pine springs yeah yeah it was an elk and so i mean it, it looked at me and i looked at him and neither one of us like really wanted to show any type of aggression and and so i just kind of stood there and he just kind of meandered off and on the ridge line up yeah top? yeah just well right there too yeah yeah it's it so impressive so huge and just like if that thing wanted to, to have me for a snack oh, he, he could but um he he just kept on going so another one of the takeaways I have is that God's creation follows the will of their creator. And I'm going to kind of, uh, kind of uh, diverge from just animals, but birds sing. You know, uh, I, I love how the the pictures of flowers that turn towards the sun, that they, they, it's literally following the sun as it travels through the sky. Um, and the fact that our entire planet is perfectly situated in distance and tilt and rotation and speed, it's just like... Like, it's done so perfectly. And if, if any of creation had chosen to, to not follow its creator, like, there would be chaos. And so I kind of feel like, as we talk about humanity, is that as we find ourselves not following God, our creator, not looking at the sun, S-O-N, is that that we find ourselves in in chaos. Uh, and I believe that we are created to follow the will of our creator, and and I don't think it's to make money or to be overworked or just to be happy people. I think we're called to follow the one who serves and the one who loves, the one who shows mercy and offer forgiveness. Um, of course, that makes me think of uh, Micah chapter 6. It says, What does the Lord require of you but to, you know, do justice, love kindness and walk humbly with your God? And I just I think that's what creation's called to do. And and I hope that each one of you, as you you go out this week, that you'll be thinking about ways that that you can, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus and and follow him uh, as as your creator and as his creation.
2: Now, I I love that thought about how creation follows the laws that God wrote, the laws of gravity. And of light and of oxygen and just the laws of the universe, that God's one that wrote those and that it and and that it works. It's just yeah. a miracle. And I just so I'm gonna preach on the 25th. So Doug is gonna be gone. I'm gonna be here. And I just almost chose to preach about hell on <laughs> Christmas Day. I'm not gonna be doing that. But kind of the I uh, heard a quote that kind of led me down this path. Um, but the quote was something like this that um hell is the place in where man looks up at God and says my will be done and heaven is a place when man looks up at God and says your will be done and how is created beings that when we that when we follow the um the laws that God has has written for us and the way that he's designed us and the universe that like our lives are going to be better yeah you know and so i don't want to close like like really Moralizing and say you better be nice or Santa Claus is not going to come see you. Um, but just life works better. Creation works when it when it most glorifies God and pl- and finds pleasure in God.
1: Yeah, I I hadn't heard you say that, but that's deeply profound. And and what I'm also hearing you say is that when you follow God, when 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 you experience heaven of doing God's will, that might mean that you're in a garden and you are in suffering, and but that's still. God doing his work because ultimately the suffering of of the garden led to salvation for all the world. Yeah. And so that's that's really profound. I love that. Okay, so uh, that's it for animals. Yeah. We, I don't even think we, did we even say the word Noah? We didn't even touch the arc. (laughs) um, Lots of funny stories from that, but just a a quick reminder of what's going on. Again, just remember today's the 20th, so it's kind of confusing for us because we're, I feel like we're going back to the future and, and, and we have our DeLorean. Uh, So just, just a reminder, if you're hearing this, the earliest you're hearing it's the 25th, so you don't need to know what it looks like, but, um, for for the 28th if it hasn't come yet for you just a reminder on wednesday the 28th we are not meeting we're not gathering there's not a food a meal a class a devo nothing this is this is what uh, our our midweek worship is for the 28th this is podcast and so if you show up the church um, n- nobody's going to be here nope. so just a reminder so thank you again for being here kip thank you for being our guest speaker we really yeah. enjoyed having you here Again, you, you're much smarter and better looking than, than your old man. Uh, and I, I hope in the future we can get more of you and less of him. We'll do that John Jesus thing going on. All okay, right. Happy New Year.